Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. What's up, Jason? Not a whole lot. Um, You know, we're uh, excited about not just the beginning stages of the 2020 NBA season, but also a new release of a book uh, that digs into the history of one of our both of our favorite video games growing up. Of course, that is NBA Jam. Yeah, it's going to get uh, for the first time ever on the Over and Back podcast. We're going to get a little nerdy here, so uh, bear with oh, us. As oh, we, well, the I, usual coolest cats wait, in the room <laughs> decide to get a little nerdy. You know? I don't. I don't know if I signed up for that, Rich. I, <laughs> right? Yeah, you are always now. Mr. Cool. So right, I understand yeah. some people want to back off now and go, "Hey, look! Like I thought these okay. guys were like." these badass dudes or but they're going <laughs> to talk about video games like hold right. on a minute like sure it's one thing to pour over you know play indexes for yeah. like you know historical dallas mavericks games but like no way these guys are going to talk about video games no i'm out no, so it's uh, i understand yeah. so i just wanted to give that little warning but yes uh, a brand new uh, nba uh, jam book by uh, rayana ali uh, and the team at boss fight books which is a, a really great publisher as well they've done a bunch of other books about different video games and and Highly recommend all those, and uh, yeah, we're we're making our ways through the uh, the NBA Jam book right now. Uh, we got a review copy, and it is it's pretty damn awesome. I'm about seventy five to eighty percent done, hoping to get done in the next few days, and and I'll have a review, uh, ideally like I said, up at uh, fansided.com as well as maybe like a, a video or audio review as well. But yeah, it's a tremendous book. That's all I can say is I'm I'm really glad. Uh, and they reached out to us pretty early in the process, which was cool to kind of say, hey, if you guys are interested, we got the Stembe Jam book coming up, and and it's right up our alley. I mean, it's a, it's it's a lot about history, and it's a lot about basketball, and it's a lot about video games. So it's 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 cool. It's kind of this nice perfect blend of a lot of stuff that we love but it's a, a tremendous book i can say super super detailed um it goes through a lot of the background of of really video game and arcade history you know briefly a little bit about how chicago was kind of the epicenter of you know the video game market and then a lot of like the early stages of of getting nba jam off and, and running you know the, the, the difficulties with securing the nba license to even get the game to happen and just how much of a transformative game it was for, for video game history i mean it is still among one of the best selling games ever it's still among one of the most uh, uh obvious i mean like that's that's a game that you can like walk up to somebody on the street and say nba jam and they know exactly what you're talking about they know you know the time period they know the games they know all that sort of stuff so it's a it's a it's a book that was desperately needed to be told uh, about uh, the, that, that game, and they did an incredible job. So uh, we have a, a link. Uh, if you want to go to bit.ly slash objam is what we have as like kind of a short link if you want to check it out. Or you can just search NBA Jam Book. Uh, it is only ebook, but uh, from what we've heard is the pressing and the actual physical book is on the way very, very soon. But right now it's just ebook format. But, you know, it's 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 not it's affordable. So it's definitely worth your time. And I think y- you'll find and I found that, you know, once I sat down and started reading it, I was just pouring through pages, pouring through pages, pouring through pages. I, I read almost all of it, like I said, in the course of like four or five days. So it, it, it's one of those books that uh, is hard to put down. So they really did a tremendous job uh, with that one. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, Rayan is uh, from Columbus, so we're planning to uh, hang out at some point, watch a, a video game. I discovered that uh, fairly recently, so that's a uh, what? That's pretty cool. Oh, pretty that's cool. bullshit! I know. Oh, come yeah, on! I was like, because I, I was, I was, you know, I was in a DM, and I was like, oh hey, I don't know if did you go to uh, you know Chicago when you were uh, researching for the book or whatever? And he's like, yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, if you come back again, let me know. And then your ass is just like gonna hang out with it. That, that's yeah, funny. I know. That's the one <laughs> one time that living in Columbus is better than living come in Chicago. On, I guess, Columbus, but, you know. get out so, of here! Oh yeah, that's there awesome. So, that should be great. Yeah, so you were talking about Chicago. Of course, Chicago is where Midway, the company that made NBA Jam, was uh, located. And really, NBA Jam came to be because the previous arcade released uh, Total Carnage did not do well. And then the lead designer and programmer, um, Mark Termel, decided to update and reimagine the previous Midway basketball game, Arch Rivals. Do you, do you recall Arch Rivals at all? I do a little bit, and it's uh, it's it's not great. It, it's when you play it, like say if you play it, you know, I, I of course played it after I played, you know, NBA Jam many many years later. And when you play Arch Rivals, you see you're like, okay, this has got some of the same vibe of NBA Jam, but it is a little bit more. It's a little more over the top. It's it's a little bit more like it, it, it's a little more unrealistic. There's you know everyone's names are like Blade and like Razor and like the, yeah. you know stuff like that. It's, it's it's more about like the punching and the kicking and, and and that more so than it is basketball. Like basketball seems to be the conduit to like beating people up and and, and fighting and all that sort of stuff. Like at the end of the game, you still want to of course you know have more points than your opponent or whatever. But it's done in a in a fashion where you could tell it's guys that maybe aren't as interested in in actual basketball that just wanted a game that was a little bit more fun but had some 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 vibes uh, right. of basketball with it and, and and you were mentioning as as we were getting ready for the show too that you had always felt that the the, the true in your mind spiritual successor of NBA Jam, which is absolutely true, is Konami's Double Dribble, which is out on the NES, I think uh, 86, 87 I want to say, uh yeah. got released. What are your memories of of Double Dribble? Oh yeah, I, Double Dribble was one of my favorite first video games. I mean, I I started playing it when I was eight or nine when I first um, got the original NES, and and yeah, that I, I spent hours and hours on that. And yeah, it's it's, it's a really corny, cheesy game. You know, the the, the squeaker sounds when you're um, you know when you're running, and you know the video screens, the the, the cutscenes that it goes to when you're going up for a dunk. But it it was it was really fun. It was very simple. It was very you know I I, I really enjoyed. Um, that game and also Konami had Blades of Steel, which was you know kind of a similar vibe, but for hockey. Um, except there there was fighting in that one. No, there was no fighting in Double Dribble, which I always thought would be fun. But I guess Arch Rivals uh, took that to a uh, like sort of like an American Gladiators extreme and um, made it maybe made it you know over the top to the point where it wasn't fun. But um, but yeah, I didn't play Arch Rivals. But yeah, I always kind of thought later on that Double Dribble kind of set the tempo because really you know Double Dribble is all about. Um, you know, dunks and threes, which was what NBA Jam was kind of about, which of course what the NBA is now kind of about. <laughs> exactly so. right. They were they were ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. So. It turns out the true <laughs> analytic revolution, right. yeah, uh, was 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 double dribble, which was double like, dribble. Ah, don't yeah, worry right. about mid range jumpers, man. Just ring yeah. those threes and dunk on people's faces. Like, why why are you shooting from the mid range? But exactly, yeah, th- right. there, there was quite a few of those like styles. Like you had double dribble, like you mentioned. And then after Double Dribble, I think a lot, largely because of the success of Double Dribble, you had Arch Rivals, you know, Midway's game. And there was also a, an Atari game, but I forget exactly um, who developed this one, but it was called Basket Brawl. And it was the same deal. It was like two-on-two uh, basketball, but it was done like in street ball sense or whatever. So it's like you're right. outside and same deal. You're just like punching and kicking people and like knocking them down to the ground or whatever. But that was sort of, I don't think anybody really, and I don't know if the technology was quite there to have a full 
true like five on five basketball game like we'd get later in the years and you see a lot of people and you see a lot of games try to maybe avoid that there are a few and we'll, we'll talk about them here in a sec that that do try to do like the simulation basketball but i think a lot of other people realize it's probably uh easier to to do especially in the arcade format is is you want to do shorter games you want to do games that that four people can play or so, something like that 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 works a little bit better because video games you know <laughs> in those days were not for entertainment they were for getting your money to, to you know putting quarters into a machine or whatever uh and then of course they'd be ported over to nes as they'd be ported over to genesis you know, systems or, or you know super nintendo's mega drive whatever they'd be ported over to the home consoles and that's where the games that were, you know, meant for the arcades sometimes didn't always it didn't always make sense on a home court or a, a home console why the game was like structured the way it was. But then you realize built for the arcade is like built to get your money, like built for you to right. keep putting quarters in. So that's yeah. where like maybe a simulation five on five six minute quarters game is not going to be very fun. Whereas like a ten minute two on two beat people up type game, anybody can walk up to the arcade and play that one and and, and have some fun in it, even if you're not a fan. Of basketball, so that's why I think why you see a lot of those styles of games, you know, leading up after double dribble. Sure, absolutely, and yeah, the early attempts at the five on five games weren't. Yeah, I don't remember those being particularly fun. I mean, it took a while um, to really get to that point where I, I feel like with the NBA Live series, like ninety five, ninety six, was the, the first time where they kind of were able to get everything right to to make it sort of like similar enough to basketball experience where it felt like basketball and also you know the um technology was advanced enough where you could you know actually have fun kind of playing that game absolutely and and we're going to talk about this as well as the nba jam transforms pretty much the entire video game industry the sports video game industry by securing the nba license which was something that did not happen a lot at that time like you you know you would have it's commonplace today that like nba 2k comes out and it's got all the players and all the teams and all that sort of stuff but like there was a time where that wasn't the case like there you know um you know prior nba licensed games that 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 had come out is is you start in 1989 you have the lakers versus celtics and the nba playoffs which has you know five or six different teams and the rosters which is really cool i mean that was still at in in its own point revolutionary but still it's not the entire nba roster it's not everybody but it's your your big teams your the main teams you might want to play with and that's followed up by bulls versus lakers bulls versus blazers you know other same style you know put your two big teams in there also fill it out with some of the other uh playoff teams and and that's your your game so you got you know five or six different teams to choose from not bad you have five or six different real life player you know player groups to choose from again not bad considering where we had been before and then you have nba all-star challenge which is just all the all-stars from that year put in like various that, that's a very weird game you could do like a three-point contest and a dunk contest or whatever but mm. it doesn't quite work out <laughs> as well as you might think it it does but it's an ambitious game and I, I do enjoy that one but then like prior to that like all you really have is is just generic basketball games you know literally sometimes just called basketball <laughs> or you know games with single or multiplayer licenses like the first one, the real the predecessor that started everything, uh, was Dr. J versus Larry Bird from 1983. And as I, the title says, it's Dr. J versus Larry Bird. Did you have that game? I I, I didn't have it, but I had um, family that had an Atari. And I, I do remember I have some vague memories of playing it when I was a really young kid. Um, I don't remember if it was fun or not, but I remember. Uh, yeah, kinda, it's, yeah, it's one of those things, like you said, I don't know that I can say it was fun because I played it in like, you know, like, like 2007 or something. So it's like. To me, like, it was terrible, but I'm sure in 1983 it was like this is the thing. Like it, right. you see it, it, it looks pretty cool for 1983. Like it's it, it's still it's if you're if you're hankering for a, a basketball video game in 1983, your choices are pretty limited. So 
You better like it. (laughs) You better find some sort of pleasure in it. But uh, yeah, there there was that one. Uh, In 1988, there's two games as well. Magic Johnson's Fast Break, which had Magic Johnson and a bunch of other fake players. And then Jordan versus Bird one-on-one, which again was very similar to to Dr. J versus Bird, where you have Jordan and you have Bird, and that's it. So um, that one is pretty fun, Jordan versus Bird, because Jordan can dunk from anywhere and Larry Bird can shoot from anywhere. So it's like, it's just a battle of, uh, guess what? Larry Bird wins a little bit more because three is more than two, but... um, Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like Bird can just shoot. For, like I don't think they programmed it, like anybody to miss anything. So it's just like <laughs> Jordan. You hit the shoot button, and he just dunks, and then you hit the shoot button for Larry Bird, and he just makes a three. And it's like oh, that's pretty cool. I guess. Yeah. So that's there cool. you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that was definitely you know one thing that was um, uh, you you know kind of fun about the, the the later games is you occasionally could there there were like little secrets that you could find like you could uh you could change the name of a player or you you could um uh, you could find if you if you knew the right name like if you put in like K Jabbar uh that for, I think for the NBA Live franchise you could get Kareem Abdul Jabbar would sort of unlock all the all the stats for that I think they they did that with Jordan too to kind of get around the idea that you uh didn't have Jordan's license although that I, I eventually became uh, a no no but I, the, the the hidden gems were always kind of fun with these games as well absolutely yeah I think there, there's there's a big era of video games now where I think people. I just don't, you know, they don't have like cheats and codes and all that sort of stuff. But don't right. forget that like that was our life as children. <laughs> like for whatever reason, like you play this game and it was really good, but it was like, man, there's there's these cheats or these codes or whatever. And they talk a lot about that in the NBA Jam book as well, where like it got to the level where it was insane. Like they were getting calls at their houses, like the developers, like people asking, hey, is this a cheat or is this a code or whatever? Because all the developers put themselves, you know, themselves in the game. All you had to do was put a combination of like their initials and then their birthday or whatever, and it would unlock that player and unlock almost anybody. Uh, that, that worked on the game or whatever, and then they expanded that in years later by adding, you know, guys like Bill Clinton, you could play as, and you could play as, you know, George Clinton as well, who you know his his music really inspired uh, the NBA Jam soundtrack as well. So there's a bunch of different guys you could sort of play with or whatnot, but it became nuts. Like there was full books, like people, like there were literal books that, at, like the bookstore that were like Sega Genesis 1000 sheets or whatever. And, like, right. Yeah. It's unbelievable oh, yeah. that like we would care that much about it, but it was like the coolest thing in the world to be like, whoa, the game is different because I did this or whatever. So um, yeah, yeah it, it really, I mean. It, it helped expand the because the games ultimately like they weren't that deep. You know what I mean? Like the, even your best games were you know a couple hours a time. But man, you could add a lifetime of of of, of fun by just adding different little hacks and different little cheats and and different little stuff that could kind of happen with it. So yeah, and you know of course you know this is mostly pre-internet and. Um and even if that stuff was on the internet, it wasn't easy to find. You know, it wasn't you know we were, we were pre Google where you know you didn't have just every single bit of information you want on your on your fingertips. I think it's hard for people who grew up pre Google, you know, to really you know understand that. Absolutely, yeah. It, it was you know a lot of it was like. Uh, you know, word of mouth, you would hear a, a rumor at the schoolyard that, hey, this could happen right. if you do this or whatever. Yeah. And like all of those were usually wrong, like 100% of the time or like whatever you heard on the schoolyard was usually wrong or whatever. But yeah, there was like those books that were these cheats and secrets or whatever. And sometimes those didn't work either. And that was a little weird. Or you'd get like, you know, a magazine, like a, an electronic gaming monthly or game pro or whatever. And they'd have like a cheat section or whatever. And and those were usually reliable. But yeah, it was the the, the quest for cheats and extras and all that sort of stuff was was pretty awesome. Uh, in that day, and NBA Jam, of course, no exception to that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, in terms of the rosters, um, you know, the 
the arcade version of NBA Jam had rosters from the 92-93 season, and then the console versions had rosters from the 93-94 season. Uh, Michael Jordan uh, did not have – Midway did not have the license for Jordan's name or likeness because Jordan himself actually owns his name and likeness, not the NBA, um, which was uh, the exception at the time. Um, Shaquille O'Neal was in the – arcade version of 93 but then he got his own name and likeness from the nba so he's not a member of the um the console edition which is the one that i definitely the the uh super nintendo version was definitely the one that i uh have the most experience with it i do remember the uh, arcade version as well and a few other differences as well um you know Daz, Daz petrovich and reggie lewis both passed away between the arcade version and the um, home version so uh, they're in the arcade version but not in the uh, in the console version and um and yeah i, I don't know um in, ter- in terms of rosters whether i would prefer the uh, arcade version or the uh, home version because both i think have their uh uh, but both have their benefits and drawbacks. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think when and, and we're gonna we're, we're gonna go over the arcade version here in a sec, but I think we're gonna do, get a little bit more of a deeper dive uh, into the home version because that's the one that I think I'm most synonymous with, and I think most love. Uh, like, there's probably you know some people that were, were you know ardent arcade NBA Jam players, but I think you and I both uh, probably did more of the console and the home version because when I I was going over the two rosters, like I remembered a lot more of the you know the home version than I did like the, the arcade roster. Like the arcade roster, right. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that, I, I do remember that guy. I do remember that guy. I played a little bit of it but more times than not i when i'm looking over the two rosters it's like oh okay this this, the home console version is absolutely the one that i remember playing uh, a little bit more of so yeah we'll we'll, we'll do that when you know when we go over the different rosters or whatnot but i did want to mention as well that the shack and 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 jordan thing uh jordan owns his own likeness uh so obviously nba jam couldn't secure his likeness there they didn't want to pay the money for it which is totally justifiable that like you know you paid all this money for the entire nba and then you have to pay x amount just to get jordan they said ah screw it that's fine we're good on jordan what we did get from michael jordan though was uh michael jordan chaos in the windy city did you ever play chaos (laughs) in the windy city uh, I do not recall chaos. Oh, it's in the windy terrible. City, no. So don't play it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really right. bad. It's like a, yeah. it's not even like a basketball game. He uses basketballs to throw at like enemies to kill uh, okay. them. It's like a side scroller uh, beat em up game. It sure. is uh, not good. And then uh, Shaquille O'Neal, of course, uh, is not in the home version because he is going to make Shaq Fu, which again, <laughs> I, okay. I hope you didn't play because Shaq Fu is, is it's fun bad. It, it, it is one of the most fun bad games ever, but it is, it is unquestionably bad. Make no doubt about yes. it. It is uh, terrible. Although the uh, NBA Jam was able to get Bill Lambeer, despite, of course, Bill Lambeer's combat basketball. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't, I guess, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Bill must have just gotten a, a sack of money uh, for that right. one and then didn't really send his likeness away. But yeah, I always, I always yeah. forget about uh, old Bill Lambeer's basketball or whatever. That game stinks, too. But uh, yeah, it was it was terrible. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like Bill Lambeer. Oh, OK, that was too. bad. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, of course, Charles Barkley is going to be removed from the uh, tournament edition because he's going to then secure his license, and that's going to lead to Barkley Shut Up and Jam, which, uh, if ah. you're sensing a theme here, is also a terrible game. So that's right. like, you know, that's... that's uh, but but real quickly, though, we, it was cool because uh, there was a limited edition versions of the game uh, that had Gary Payton and Michael Jordan in it, uh, but they were developed for those guys' use. So we're going to talk about how, how Gary Payton's noticeably absent from these. Well, he requests, hey, can you guys put me in this game? Like, I'm I'm good. Like, I'm a very good player for the Seattle Supersonics. Can I be in the right. game? Uh, yeah. So they programmed him into the game and then sent him an arcade cabinet that was specifically for him, sent to him that had uh, uh, him in the game. And then Michael Jordan as well had a little buyer's remorse after he saw how popular the game was. And I think his, his kids probably wanted to play as him. So he, uh, he commissioned uh, an arcade cabinet that had Michael Jordan in it as well. So uh, there's some rumors about that one floating around and who maybe owns it or who secures uh, that particular one. But that's kind of one of the like the holy grail arcade consoles, uh, the one that has Michael Jordan 
uh, in the actual NBA Jam game, but good stuff there. But as far as the original arcade rosters, like I said, we're going to go over these real quick, and then I think we're going to do a deeper dive uh, into the console versions, because I think you and I both kind of have a little bit more uh, familiarity with those. But uh, your arcade rosters for the Atlanta Hawks, you have Dominique Wilkins and Stacey Ogman. Uh, Boston Celtics, you have Reggie Lewis and Kevin McHale. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, Larry Johnson and Kendall Gill. Uh, that's going to change in the home uh, home version. We'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, Chicago Bulls, of course, no Michael Jordan, so you got Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. Uh, Cavaliers, you got Mark Price and Brad Doherty. Detroit Pistons, Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer. We'll talk about that at the time because you're probably thinking, wait a minute, what time period is this? And uh, yes, no, it's probably not the best roster for these guys at this time period, but we'll talk about some reasons why that maybe happened. Uh, Detroit, uh, or uh, sorry, Indiana Pacers, Reggie Miller and Detlef Schrempf. That's going to be one that's going to change, of course. On the next one, Milwaukee Bucks is Brad Lojas and Blue Edwards. So that's uh, certainly a contender for the worst duo on the team is old, old Brad Lojas and, and Blue Edwards in the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, Things were yes. not good in the uh, mid- early 90s for no, our, uh, no. our Milwaukee Bucks. So, Yeah. It didn't get any better in the uh, uh, home version either. It took about 15 years for it to get uh, any better there. Uh, Miami Heats, Ronnie Cycli and Glenn Rice. New Jersey Nets, Derek Coleman and, of course, Drazen Petrovic, which we mentioned. Uh, New York Knicks, Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley. Orlando Magic, Shaquille O'Neal, Scott Stiles. Uh, 76ers, Hershey Hawkins and uh, uh, Jeff Hornacek. Uh, Washington Bullets, Tom Gugliotta, Harvey Grant. So Harvey and Horace both find uh, a way into the game. That's incredible. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, Derek Harper and Mike Azulioni, who uh, we'll talk about a little bit is is largely considered the most random uh probably nba champ player uh but i guess there was there was kind of slim pickings on the mavericks so and it was not a good team no yeah, <laughs> yeah. so right. uh, denver nuggets uh dikemi matumbo lafonso ellis uh, golden state warriors tim hardaway and chris mullen clippers danny manning and ron harper lakers vladi divak james worthy uh minnesota timberwolves christian Le- christian leitner and chuck person Suns barkley and marley uh portland showblazers clyde drexler terry porter uh, Sacramento Kings, Wayne Tisdale, Spud Webb, Spurs, Robinson and Elliott, Seattle Supersonics, Sean Kemp, and Benoit Benjamin. This is how we're going to say that we're going to talk a little bit more about the home version because I think we're all a little bit more familiar with that one. And then Utah Jazz, Malone, and Stockton. So Yes. Uh, you forgot one. The Rockets, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, and Kenny Smith. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, I was talking about i think who's i getting excited about so i don't know i, I think you're excited about danny manning and ron harper next that's so, oh that'll uh, happen to the best of us yeah <laughs> i love right. my 1992 clippers so, you, know. you do <laughs> of course yeah they they broke the broke the streak broke the uh, playoff list oh that's streak, right so. yeah, yeah yeah see yeah. so yeah how could you not get excited about that genuinely a good team. team yeah exactly yeah so that's so that's that. That's kind of the arcade version. But like I said, I think you and I, I and and most people at home are probably going to want to dive a little bit more into the the home version because you know when when people say, "Hey, we're your favorite NBA Jam rosters or NBA Jam duos or whatever," you always hear the Supersonics. People always say, "Oh, the Sonics, the Sonics, the Sonics." I'm positive that you aren't talking about <laughs> Sean Kemp and Benoit Benjamin. I am no, sure of no. that. Yes. So there's a big right. difference between Sean Kemp and Benoit Benjamin, uh, and then who's going to be on the home version, which is going to be. Sean Kemp uh, and Detlef Shrimp, but uh, yeah, let, let's. Do you want to dive into uh, the home versions here? Uh, yeah, yeah the the home version. So uh, we have uh, so the Hawks are the same as Wilkins and Ogman. Uh, the Celtics completely turn around. It's uh, D Brown, Robert Parrish, uh, which of course Robert Parrish at you know eighty seven years old is uh, still on the uh, Celtics at this point. <laughs> like literally um, the least fun NBA Jam character ever is like hard elbow, like hard hat lunch pail, like defense and rebound guy. Old yeah. man Robert Parrish, like you know what I mean? yeah, like, what? but like, Robert Parrish is a treasure. So I, I, I agree. No, I'm fine with the, the chief yeah. being in here, but yeah, it's it's just kind of yeah. funny that like imagine a child being like, "Whoa, Robert Parrish!" Like, 
Right. Uh, and then uh, the Hornets get an improvement with uh, Morning and Larry Johnson, uh, Morning replacing Kendall Gill. Uh, the Bulls stay the same with Pippen and Grant. Uh, the Cavs stay the same with Price and Doherty. Uh, the Mavericks get an upgrade with, uh, they keep Derek Harper, but they get Jim Jackson, uh, who was my, one of my favorite players at the time. So I was a big fan of the uh, Mavericks having Jackson, having gone to Ohio state, uh, the, um, the nuggets, they get, uh, Lafonso Ellis and, uh, Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, the uh, Pistons remain Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer. The Warriors keep Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen. The uh, Rockets, um, they, Hakeem Olajuwon, but they, they replaced Kenny Smith with Vernon Maxwell, which, uh, honestly, yeah, Vernon Maxwell, I think, kind of an upgrade as a video game player anyway. Um, oh, for sure. No, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a better better pick for Houston. They made yes. It made them a better team all around, for sure. So Sure. No offense the, to Kenny Smith, but... Yeah, know. yeah, right. So... Um, Kenny Smith can make threes, which is nice. But yeah, the the three point skills didn't really uh, vary that much. I feel like in NBA Jam, like um, I think the guards generally were a little better at threes, but it wasn't like a you know the bigs could make threes too, so it wasn't really a, a super huge advantage on that. Right, Maybe right. The, yeah, the guards could steal get steals a little bit more. But that we, was, we should you know, mention too what was uh, you know really interesting about NBA Jam too is had kind of like this what they call rubber banding, where like if you were up. Like if you were winning in the game, most of your shots would start like missing or bricking, and if you were down, most of them would start making. So if you were down and you shot threes with you know Robert Parrish, they're probably going to go in. If you're losing right. by ten or whatever, uh, and if you're winning by ten and you're shooting threes with Kenny Smith or whatever, there's a good chance they're going to miss, and, and you're going to be like, "What the hell? Like Robert Parrish is making threes, but Kenny Smith can't." But it's it's all about keeping the game as close as possible throughout the entire course of the game. So sure, sure. Um, and then the uh, the Pacers, Reggie Miller, and then uh, Derek McKee replaced. Um, Replaced at left sharp. Of course, that was the trade in real life. Uh, the Clippers remain the same with Harper and Manning. Uh, the Lakers are uh, remain the same with Worthy and Divots. Uh, the Heat get a uh, make a change. They get uh, Harold Miner and uh, Ronnie Cyclean remains. Uh, the Bucks, as we mentioned, still Brad Lojas and Blue Edwards. Uh, <laughs> the Timberwolves uh, remain Leitner and Person. The Nets, uh, Derek Coleman, and then Kenny Anderson replaces. Um, Drazen Petrovic, uh, the Knicks with Ewing and uh, Starks, um, the uh, Starks replacing Charles Oakley, uh, the Magic with Nick Anderson and Scott Skiles with Shaq being out of the game, the 76ers with uh, Jeff Hornacek and uh, Clarence Weatherspoon uh, replacing um, with uh, with uh, replacing uh, Hershey Hawkins. So yes. that yeah, was yeah. a uh, yes, yes. Uh, sorry, I got lost on uh, the screen there. Uh, and then Kevin Johnson and Charles Barkley for the uh, Suns with uh, KJ replacing Dan Marley. Uh, the Blazers remain the same with Drexler and Porter. The Kings have um, Mitch Richmond and Wayman Tisdale, so Mitch Richmond replacing um, Spud Webb. Uh, the Spurs remain the same with Robinson and Elliott. The Sonics with uh, Sean Kemp and Detlef Schrempf replacing Benoit Benjamin, which is a massive improvement. <laughs> Might be the, the biggest uh, upgrade in video yes. game history is, is Benoit Benjamin swapping out for Detlef, So Yeah, and, and we'll talk about a little bit of a surprise that you would go with Shrimp over uh, Gary Payton. But Gary Payton did have a bit of a slow start to his career, So I, and Shrimp had been the sixth man of the year, so relatively, I think, similar um Peyton slightly better player, but they wasn't that far off. And also, they already had Shrimp in the game because he'd been in the um, the Pacers. So I'm guessing there was some incentive to not create a new character if they didn't have to. Um, and then the Jazz of Carl Malone and John Stockton, and the Bullets have Harvey Grant and Tom Gugliotta. So there you go. So let's uh, let's dive into those rosters a little bit. Like who who are kind of our favorites? Who do you remember playing as a kid? Who was kind of your go to teams? 
Yeah, well, I, as I mentioned, I did enjoy uh, uh, Jim Jackson a lot, so I did play as the Mavericks. I did not really appreciate the, the Derek Harper much at the time, but um, but he was fun for me. Um, and, you know, as almost everybody, I enjoyed playing with the um, with the Sonics. The Sonics were a lot of fun. I was a big Charles Barkley fan, so uh, the Suns were pretty fun as well. I, I think those were basically the three major ones for me. Uh, how about you? Yeah, so for me, I was I was definitely like a Utah and Seattle guy a lot, and and NBA Jam like even if it wasn't like you said, even if it didn't really matter all that much, it felt like it felt good to have like a big man and a guard like as your duo because you in your brain there's always this idea of like all right, cool, like the guard will get the steals and shoot the threes, the big man will get the dunks and, and the rebounds or whatever. Like right. it didn't always like really lead out that way. Like you could have gotten two big guys and two small guys or whatever, but it always just felt better to get like a combination of the two, and that's why those teams really stood out to me. You know, Dallas Trump not being like a real guard, but he was able to hit threes. Sean Kemp could dunk from anywhere. It was like, yeah, that's the perfect duo right there. Uh, same yeah. thing with Utah. You knew John Stockton would get a lot of steals and shoot some threes, and 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 Carl Malone would you know get a bunch of rebounds and throw down some dunks so that was always fun with them uh some alternative teams i i, I try to play with too because i always try to change it up and be kind of fun or whatnot uh sure. the hawks i was always kind of a sleeper team for the hawks because like stacy yeah. ogman people i think kind of slept on him he was a really good uh distant shooter and then dominique wilkins they he could still dunk the hell out of the ball at that oh, time yeah, so absolutely. yeah uh, so yeah. he's a real fun one as well uh the portland trailblazers i was like playing as them too that was just like you know because you have drexler and porter i mean that's just me like raining threes raining threes raining threes but then both those guys can turn around and dunk on you as well and they were fast so if you were against a team that maybe had a big guy there was some advantage you know some advantageous reasons to be the trailblazers because they were like one of the fastest teams in the game with you know two guards uh there uh later in life i became a little bit more of a charlotte hornets guy uh, oh, yeah. as well pretty recently like about two or three years ago i went over to my buddy's house at like it was like a 10 a.m on some sunday or whatever and he was like hey what do you want to do and we were just like yeah hey, let's play NBA jam and then you know 12 hours later we beat the entire game uh <laughs> as the charlotte hornets it got to the point where we stopped even talking to each other we were just like sitting staring at the game we at one point uh shut out a team uh in the game which uh, i wow. think is my crowning achievement for sure is winning yeah. a game without letting the other team score which uh I don't know how that happened. I don't. It was just like an unbelievable, like once in a lifetime. Uh, yeah, you were in the zone. Yeah. yeah, we were just absolutely in a zone at, at that point. But wow. uh, yeah, so we beat that whole game in, in one day as the Charlotte Hornets. So I have a soft spot for those guys as well. And it's it's interesting because Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning are two bigger guys, which usually I was I'm not really you know into being the big guys. But like it was a perfect duo there because it's just strength and, and muscle. So you're just able to push guys and and get every rebound and get every dunk or whatever. No threes. We were just like running down dunking, running down dunking, running down dunking. Uh, so it was it was an interesting way to kind of go about it, but uh, yeah, those are always teams that, that I enjoyed. I I, I kind of wish I had done the Warriors a little bit more because I like the Chris Mullen Tim Hardaway combo. But for whatever reason, uh, as a child, I, I guess like the Warriors were such a joke when I was growing up that I was probably like, "Ew, no, not the Warriors." But that that's a pretty fun uh, duo as well. Oh like, yeah, yeah, you honestly can't go wrong with just about any team other than like the Milwaukee Bucks. Who I don't think I like. Right. With a gun to my head, I don't think I would be Brad yeah. Lohas and Blue Edwards. Like I, even if like my friend was like, "Oh, come on, be the worst team," I was like, "Ah, yeah," but like, yeah, I don't want to be Brad Lohas and Blue Edwards. Like, yeah, the, the Heat, Ronnie Cycli, Harold Miner. I mean, Harold Miner could dunk, I guess. Yeah, so, Miner um, was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah but um, but yeah, uh, yeah, the Bullets kind of. Not really that interesting. Harvey Grant, Tom Gugliotta. I mean, Gugliotta was kind of a fun player, but I, I wouldn't definitely did not appreciate that in you know 1994 or, or whatever you know. So um, 
Yeah, it, you know, Hornacek and Clarence Witherspoon, not really the most exciting uh, team either. So Yeah, and, and the know. Nuggets were also tough, too, because, like, yeah, you think, oh, Dikembe Mutombo, he's cool, but it's like, Lafonso Ellis, it's like, ah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just kind of, like, yeah. not fun to be right. Dikembe Mutombo, who's not really, like, yeah, he's, like, you know, in real life, he's, you know, blocking shots and doing all those sort of stuff, but do you really want to play as, like, in this over-the-top video game, do you want to be Dikembe Mutombo? It's like my, my Robert Parrish theory. It's, like, great players in right. real life, but do they really scream, like, NBA Jam to you as, <laughs> like, Dikembe Mutombo? So, I don't know, that always, that one always stunk and, and Lafonso Ellis was you know Lafonso Ellis yeah. so it's hard to get yeah, really yeah, excited he, about Lafonso Ellis yeah and, and shot good. Block, right right yeah shot blocking wasn't you you could block shots but it wasn't like a wasn't like certain players seemed to be significantly better than other players at, at blocking right, shots right, right? I, I don't remember that you know really being you know uh a huge thing in NBA Jam, and maybe I just wasn't good enough at it to realize that you could do that. But I, it's really I, I, all about timing, to be honest. Right. Like, I could, yeah. you, I could block shots with you know Danny Manning all day. It's just about timing when it comes up, and then it depends sure. if the game wants you to have a block at that time too. Well, well like, that, you'll time that, there's perfectly. that too, yeah. And right. it doesn't happen, and you're like, all right, fuck off. Like, I, I definitely got that block, but yeah. So that's right. that's where like the the advantage of a Kemba Matumbo was just like, nah, that's 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 not you somebody I'm gonna you really don't get use, much so. right yeah, exactly. exactly, yeah. So. All right, Jason, let's take a quick break here from the Over and Back Classic NBA podcast to let people know that this episode is sponsored by my bookie. And Jason, I know you're nothing if not the world's biggest uh, football gambler. I, that, that's you to a T, correct? Absolutely. You know, if I've got extra holiday spending money, I'm going to I'm gonna spend it at my bookie because, you know, honestly, there's no risk. Absolutely. Well, in this case, so in this case, Jason, even if you weren't, even if you just knew nothing about my bookie, you knew nothing about gambling on sports, you knew nothing about gambling on football. My bookie has got a deal for you during Thanksgiving week. My bookie is offering a risk-free bet. Risk-free. You're a man who likes his, his lack of risk as much as he likes his risk as well. Uh, on the Bears-Lion game, all you have to do is choose a team against the spread for up to $250. And if you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well because my bookie will give you all of your money back. Jason, let me let me reiterate that again. Up to $250, you bet against the spread on the Bears-Lions game on Thanksgiving. And if you win, you win. Yay! If you lose, my bookie will refund all that money back to you. It is a no-brainer because, Jason, you literally cannot lose. It's no risk and all gravy. And I know you love gravy on Thanksgiving, Jason. I absolutely do. So, Rich, you know, I am really interested in going to my bookie and offering a risk-free bet. But... You know, what if I don't know how to do it? What if I, you know, have a lot of questions? Does my bookie offer anything that can help me out? You know, you're it's it's you're just teeing these up for me, Jason. Yes, because my bookie they have a patient customer service team uh, that'll walk you through the entire process. And the best thing is, if you join during Thanksgiving week or before Thanksgiving week, uh, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign up offer as well. All you do log into mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code Overback. That's our promo code Overback, nice and easy. And my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the already risk free bet. So, like we said, you're doing the risk free bet. If you win, you win. You lose, they'll give you your money back, and. And also, you sign up mybook.ag, use promo code OVERBACK, nice and easy to remember, you're listening to the Overback Class Campaign Podcast, they will match your first deposit. So if you put $10 in, they'll put $10 in. You put $2,000 in, they'll put $2,000 in at mybookie.ag with promo code OVERBACK. So that, I mean, come on. <laughs> you can't beat that. That's I'm going to repeat all those again. That's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet. 
for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, which I know you are, Jason, uh, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. I know we have a lot of listeners as well that are probably listening to this and thinking, hey, the holidays are coming up. You know, the, those bills are going to get a little tighter. I got to buy some extra stuff. This is a perfect opportunity to make a little bit of money. Risk-free, risk-free, and they will double your first deposit. I mean, you cannot beat that, Jason. Well, Rich, I am going to hop on the gravy train, and I'm going to get on the action <laughs> with my bookie. There you go. Gravy train. It's all gravy. There's no risk. All gravy. It's almost like they wrote this this copy for Thanksgiving. I, if I didn't know any better, I would say that this has some sort of uh, uh, Thanksgiving motif to it. But yeah, no, it's definitely a, a great deal there. MyBookie.ag. As we said, use promo code OVERBACK. They will match your first deposit. And then during Thanksgiving week on the Lions-Bears game, you get that risk-free bet. You put $250 on any of the teams against the spread. If you win, you get to keep all your money. If you lose, they refund it back. You cannot beat those. So make sure you're part of the action. This Thanksgiving at mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. So in terms of who was who were, would have been the best team, so we're just going to look at win shares here as a as a very um, you know as, as a, just a very uh, easy way to look at it. Uh, win shares, your top duos are Utah at twenty six point six combined with Stockton Malone, uh, San Antonio twenty one point four combined with Robinson and Elliott, Chicago right behind them twenty one point one combined with uh, Grant and Pippen, uh, Seattle um, twenty point one. And we're, now we're looking here. This is all, I guess we should say this is all time. This isn't just the ninety four console game, but this is also looking at tournament edition or the other ones as well. We have. Um, Seattle with Kemp and Peyton with 20.1, and then uh, New York with uh, Starks and Ewing at 18.9 combined here. Uh, Other ones that are near the top are Atlanta, Houston, New Jersey, and Phoenix as well, so... Some interesting teams in there, especially like you know New yeah. Jersey, you know popping up and being as as high as they were, and and you know make f- things a little bit fair. I decided to also look at uh, the top uh, duos based off of um, you know average you know win shares between the two, and it actually does grade out pretty similar as well. So it, it is the same duo, so that that kind of helps out a little bit because my idea was like, oh man, but there there are still some dudes that you look at like um, you know the Spurs we talked about. There and that's you know because we're talking about you know sort of two duos so doing it by average is not going to really you know tell the entire tale here but like the Spurs you know you talk about them being the, the best duo and, and and yeah win shares wise they are one of the better duos but David Robinson had twenty win shares in this season and Sean Elliott had one point four so it's like right. you know like right. yes there's you know their average is still good their combined is pretty good but yeah. do you really want to be you know if you were selecting a team do you want the team that like. Yes, combined win shares, they're very high, but it's all because of one guy. Like Sean Elliott, good player, but Robinson's the guy that really is like the driving force of that team. Whereas the team that I was in, and the reason why the Utah Jazz, I think, were as popular as they were, is Malone had 13.4 win shares that year, and John Stockton had 13.2 win shares that year. So almost identical duo. So you felt right. like, yeah, you felt like that was a perfect you know, blend of like, okay, this guy's going to give you everything that you need, and this guy's going to do just as well. Whereas, yeah, you know, Robinson and, 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 and Elliott, you got Robinson doing all the hard work there for that team there. Right. It, 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 mentally, it was it, it felt better to have a, t- a team where both players were pretty good. Right? It, maybe it didn't even make any difference in terms of the, of the skills of the game. But like, if you had two good players rather than you know one great player and one bad player, one mediocre player, it just it felt better to play that way, even if it didn't actually matter in terms of tactically in the game. Yeah, exactly. Like the Bulls too. Like uh, you know, Scottie Pippen eleven point two win shares this NBA season, and Horace Grant ten. Uh, when shares this NBA season two, who's uh, Horace Grant never gets his love for being like an actual really really right. good player uh, in this era as well, especially on that Bulls team. He always gets you know sort of obscured by by, by Pippen and, and and Jordan and, and to a lesser extent Phil Jackson. But yeah, he was he's yeah. pretty good at that time. But uh, yeah, real yeah. real. Oh. 
Oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead. I'm sorry. I, I want to correct the record before because I said um, I, I said Camp and Peyton, but we were actually talking about Camp and Shrimp here. We, we are just talking about the uh, the the 93 game. So. Yeah. So sorry. We maybe uh, yeah we did a little error there. Yeah. Because we're, we're, my head like I, I'm a big NBA Jam Tournament Edition guy as well. So I always just include Peyton. And I always kind of assume that Peyton was on the Seattle Supersonics in right. NBA Jam, but he was not. So that that's sort of a mistake uh, uh, in, in my note taking. So I apologize for that. So. so that's all right, Rich. I, I uh, it's it's no problem. You're still on the show. So. Oh, thank God. All right. So let's right. Uh, let's talk about worst NBA Jam duos. So we did a little bit uh, of yes. that as well. Uh, worst ones that stand out to me uh, of this original. I mean, I, I mentioned the Washington Bullets. Like, choosing the pre-Weber, Jawan Howard, Washington Bullets is, is kind of tough because it's just like, you know, Harvey Grant and Tom Gugliotta. Like, it's it's fine. They're okay players. But that's kind of tough. And, and, and really, like, I think the definitive worst team has got to be the Milwaukee Bucks, right? With Brad Lojas and Blue Edwards. There yeah. just can't be another pick. I I, I don't think. And, and I mentioned as well, D Brown and Robert Parrish, nothing against D Brown and, and nothing against Robert Parrish, but like the excitement level for like me as an eight year old to be playing as like a Robert Parrish was just not that high, even though like nowadays I would respect him and I'd probably go there and I ironically play as Robert Parrish and D Brown uh, and show sure. people how real basketball is played or whatever, you know, I go <laughs> to play at VHM, you know, at, a, at my local arcade or whatever. But like, yeah, it's just kind of funny that like, I cannot imagine many kids being super super excited to to put their quarters in or, or or turn on their genesis and play as you know robert parish so that's right well looking at you know looking at your options for the i guess this would have been theoretically the 94 the 93 bucks um is when the roster would have come out because we have we have, we have blue edwards we have brad lojas if you look at Points per game on the team, you, we, we have a tie between Blue Edwards and Frank Burkowski. Um, <laughs> Frank Burkowski averaging 16.9 points per game at age 33 kind of surprises me there. We have that Eric can't Murdoch. be good. How many no? wins did they have that year? That can't uh, be good. They were, I think, uh, 28 wins, actually. That's that's, that's not a, bad for Frank Burkowski <laughs> scoring right. your most points. That's not bad. That's, that's a better team than I would have expected there. Eric Murdoch um, and Todd Day and Anthony Avent. We have a 30-year-old Alvin Robertson, I guess, Um we got we we have thirty three year old Orlando Woolwich playing eight games on that team, thirty three year old Danny Shays. Oh, we, we do have Moses Malone on that team. Uh, only played um, eleven games that year, but yeah, um, I definitely would have gone with Moses Malone and um, got John Barry on that team. I don't know who has been the other guy, but yeah, obviously I would have I would have gone with uh, Moses Malone in terms of I I get I, I don't know exactly when they make this. Um, decision because um i thought it was for the 94 rosters and yeah i guess blue edwards was on there he was fifth in the team in scoring in 94 brad lojas uh was 11th in the team in scoring that year so um yeah but you, you got mostly the same roster you, you do get vin baker in um 94 so uh, i don't know if they had access to the rookies at that point but that definitely would have probably been a uh more marketable choice but again they probably thought yeah it was the bucks who cares so yeah exactly how many people are gonna really choose <laughs> the bucks right. at this point so I, I believe in tournament edition you do get eric murdoch todd day and maybe Vin Baker, which, you know, only slightly upgrades that team. It's still right. not great. It's just like right. moving, the, you know, the parts around this uh, sinking ship that is the uh, the mid-90s Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, one, of, sure. one of the sleeper bad teams a- a- as well, which on its face, you're like, well, that, that, no way. That it's, it's, you know, Bill Ambeer and Isaiah Thomas from the Detroit Pistons. But thinking, you're, I mean, this is 1994. The problem, though, is that the, one of the, the lead developer, that Mark Turmel, who we talked about a little bit earlier, was from Detroit. So he had really vivid memories of of the bad boys Pistons. So if given his, his choice of who he's going to add this game and, and he's going to play a lot as the Pistons as well, we'll talk about another little thing that he did with the Pistons uh, in addition to this game too, is he's going to pick, you know, these legacy guys that, that, that were on the Pistons. Like, yeah, you know, Olden Polonies is on that team now and he's like scoring pretty well. You know, young Allen Houston's on that team and he's scoring pretty well. You know, Terry Mills is, is on the team and now is kind of taking over uh, the lead role. Even even like a Joe Dumars that 
his age 30 season is still a pretty good player. But, you know, I, I get why he would go with the guys like Bill Ambeer and Isaiah Thomas. It kind of makes sense for the game as well. Bill Ambeer feels like the embodiment of a game where you're encouraged to shove people down to the ground and steal yes. the ball from them. So it yeah. does work that way. But like, yeah, on its face, like by win shares, they're like far and away the worst team because Bill Ambeer, he only plays, you know, I think 11 games that, that entire NBA season. And then Isaiah Thomas plays, I think, uh, like half a season or whatever. But they're both completely ineffective, and it's going to be the end of the road for, for I believe, both of them uh, this year as well. So they stand out, too, where you're like, I get why they're in the game, but, like, ah, there's probably better picks. But, like, you know, it's a developer. It's up to him. And he's like, ah, screw it. I want my, I want my fun players, and I can make the ratings. So I'm going to make these guys still be okay in, in this game. But, yeah, 1994, maybe kind to uh, uh, the, the Bill Ambeer, Isaiah Thomas duo. I, yeah, no, I definitely not not at that point. But again, I, I understand the reasons behind that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, and most of the other teams that were technically bad, you know, it was understandable the reasons that they would be on there. Like, uh, you know, Dallas with Jim Jackson and um, Ron Harper. You know, those those got those would be the right guys for that team. Golden State with Hardaway and Mullen. That's only because you know, Tim Hardaway missed the entire season, so um, not really fair. You know, Minnesota with Leitner in person. You know, that Leitner was of course you know hot rookie or young player, and you know was the right guy there. And then googling and grant you know the bullets didn't really have a better uh, option um until uh you know the until weber came into town so um so so those all are understandable it kind of the best of uh you know what you had to choose from absolutely yeah and they're not they're, i don't feel like there's many egregious picks uh, as well which is pretty tough right. for a game where you have to you know whittle the entire nba down to two-player duos on every single team and, and the developers weren't exactly like the biggest nba or, or, or basketball fans in the world you know too and 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 that's got to be tough too to like have that that stress of trying to figure out these things and and largely i think they did a pretty damn good job i don't feel like there's anybody that really is glaringly like oh my god yeah. they, they completely missed this guy like you said gary payton is probably the lone one but you can really really make a, a, a case for detlef shrimp at the time and then you mentioned the, the real reason probably why is oh shit detlef shrimp's almost as good as gary payton and we already made him we just have to change his colors you know we just have to move him from one team to another so yeah a little bit less work, a little bit less stress that night. So it's like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. We'll move him over uh, to the, the, the Sonics and we're good to go. So I, I, I absolutely get uh, the justification for doing that as well. And real quick before we get into uh, something else, I, I did want to touch on the uh, the Bulls programmed to choke. So this was, I mentioned, uh, lead designer uh, Mark Tamel. He was a Detroit Pistons fan. That's why, you know, you got Thomas and, and Lambeer in the game. Uh, and he had, uh, he, he put it in the arcade version that his team would have an advantage, the Detroit Pistons, when they played the Chicago Bulls. Uh, and the quote here is, when the Bulls played the Pistons and there was a close game and anyone on the Bulls took a last second shot, we wrote special code in the game so they would average out to be bricks. So Mark Tamel, uh being a little trickster there in, in, in those days. So if you were the Bulls against the Pistons and it was a close game, uh, the Pistons were probably going to win that game because the Bulls would just not be able to make any shots and the Pistons would be able to make everything. So There you go. Yes, so... Um uh, yeah, so if you look at kind of after um, NBA Jam, you know the uh, arcade edition. There was um, uh, well, the, of course the the arcade edition, and then I think the home version was actually called NBA Jam Arcade Edition. And then uh, then there was the tournament edition, which um, had updated rosters, new features, and teams um, now had three players to uh, choose from instead of two, which was which was kind of cool. Uh, you get Carrie Payton in the game, of course. Um, you also had a tournament mode, which turned off the computer assistance, the hotspots and power ups. Um, and you know, that was a pretty fun game as well. I, I, I like the, my memories are of playing the, the first one, but that one 
also was you know enjoyable. What it was nice to have more options on the roster that that was cool, and and having a little bit more variety in terms of how you could play, I thought was cool as well. Yeah, there, there was a lot of real cool stuff, and I, I probably played Term Edition more than I played Jam, just because when I was born and just as I was you know kind of getting older, uh, uh, Term Edition came out like right in the, the the peak and the the apex of my video game playing and, and, and whatnot. So I played a lot more probably Term Edition. I've gone back and played a lot more Jam in, in my recent you know years as I, I go back and go to old arcades that have Jam or whatnot, but. Yeah, total game changer too to have the the three different players on a roster because it, then it became a little bit more strategy and, and they also included uh, if your guys got shoved and, and knocked to the ground a bunch during the game they would get quote unquote injured if, if they got hit too many times so guys would start to slow down so you had to be kind of conservative about okay look like I'll play I'll put this guy in in the first quarter but if he gets hurt then he's you know slower for the second half so there was a little bit more strategy in terms of how you wanted to play that and and like okay you know for the first quarter I'm gonna be my two big guys and then the fourth quarter I'm gonna be my you know big guy my small guy or whatever so there was a lot of little different strategy that was added into that uh, the, the the three guys on, on one team or whatever so yeah I have fond memories of both uh, probably played a little bit more of tournament edition uh, in in my day but you know real otherwise like kind of minimal differences between the two just kind of slight improvements with with, with tournament edition but you can't go wrong with either game really absolutely. Uh, and then, yeah, afterward, you know, in 1996, Acclaim won exclusive rights to the NBA Jam name, released a game called NBA Jam Extreme. Uh, it was a new team that redesigned the game and um, a huge departure for the series. Fans, you know, quickly realized like, oh, this is not good. And the game kind of fell apart. Starting in 1999, uh, NBA Jam games were five on five and played like standard simulation basketball. So they, that was really quite a... Um, disastrous turn for you know a a great franchise um and then midway also began designing other arcade style sports games like nfl blitz nba showtime um and and they also created nba hang time which was kind of the true successor to nba jam but i never kind of enjoyed those as much and and i was at an age where you know i i was kind of out of the you know i wasn't quite as into the these types of video games anyway. I was still playing video games, but I was an older teenager, college age at this point. And um, I, I, I don't know, the, uh, the the game that I really recall playing was uh, GoldenEye. That was really <laughs> GoldenEye and Mario Kart and, uh, and WCW versus NWO were the ones here. I don't recall any of the NBA games from like the late 90s, you know, being quite as enjoyable as those games were for whatever reason. Yeah, most of them stunk, really. I mean, it, it, it yeah. you had like, you know, courtside with Kobe Bryant for the N64. That game was kind of trash. And, and you had like, you imagine the NBA the mid 90s NBA lives were pretty damn good like they kind of figured it out but the the, the transition to 3D really threw things off for for uh, quite a while in like the late right. 90s and really really early 2000s it wasn't really until the NBA 2K franchise took off that was like oh wait a minute like this is a game but like you had to have a dreamcast and i was you know one of the weird kids that had a dreamcast or whatnot but it, sure. if you didn't yeah. you were probably you, you know a lot of people didn't play those games but but they were sort of emerged from the pack as like holy crap these are really good and and then as they grew on you know the ps2 uh the nba live franchise kind of caught up with them as well so then you had nba live and the nba2 games you know in the in the in the nba2k uh, games in the early 2000s that really started to kind of bring the basketball games back to the forefront and now today you know nba2k is, is just this giant juggernaut uh in the industry and NBA lives, you know, kind of struggling to even release a game on a, on a yearly basis uh, these days. But uh, yeah, there, there's, you know, NBA Showtime was, was pretty good. That was on the Dreamcast and N64 and I think the arcades. And that is, you know, Midway's updated sort of NBA Jam style game without calling it NBA Jam. That's probably the best of the, the reworked uh, NBA Jams. And that one is NBA and NBC uh, Showtime. I believe it was in 1999 for that one. And then, um, yeah, they, they, it's it, the whole, that kind of genre sort of lost its energy for a bit they did uh they did do a re-release ea sports did a re-release of uh, nba jam in 2010 
uh, for the Nintendo Wii uh, 360 and, and PS3, which is pretty damn good. Like, it's a pretty fun game. It's got some annoyances here and there, but I think they did a really good job of just kind of recreating uh, the energy and the life of, of NBA Jam. But uh, you can definitely see that, that that sort of style of game was of its time. Like, that definitely fit the 90s. It fit the aesthetics of the 90s. It fit everything about that. And I, I think these days, if they had a game like that, and, and they kind of do, there's this game called NBA Playgrounds, which is out on like PS4 and Xbox you know, One and all that sort of stuff. And it's fine. It's it's like the same style of it. But but now because the simulation games are as good as they are, it's like, you know, what what is there really a purpose now to like playing, you know, an NBA Jam style game or whatnot? It, it, it definitely it was perfect for that era. It definitely fit right, the 90s 100 percent. Right. So I think it's, it, it's good that we kind of have those memories and maybe they don't try to uh, try to recreate it or force it down people's throats in, in the thousand tens or whatever. So sure, sure. So uh, so we'll close by looking at the most fun, mythical, historic NBA Jam duos. So we went with some all-time possible NBA Jam duos going with franchises. Um, set the limit as a minimum of 200 games with the team, and then each player can only be part of one franchise. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar cannot be with, with both the Lakers or the Bucks. You have to pick one or um, the other. So um, I picked these, and then Rich will weigh in with um, where he agrees or uh, disagrees yeah, with. I'm going to disagree on every choices. single one for the purposes right. of arguments. Jason, I'm going to disagree with everyone. No, I'm just joking. All right. So the Hawks are our first, and I picked Dominique Wilkins. Obviously, I think there's no question about that. And I'm really having a hard time picking a second player, so I'm gonna I'm gonna punt on this one and and come back to it. Um, I thought about uh, you, you know I, I don't know if you want to weigh in on some possibilities for the uh, second player, assuming you just you agree with Wilkins as as number one, or if we want to circle around back. To sure, it. yeah, and we're talking about not necessarily like the best duels in NBA history because then it's like I don't know, it's like Bob Pettit, Dominique Wilkins, or whatever. That's right, like, you know, right. is Bob Pettit a fun NBA Jam player? No, we're trying to have fun with this game here a little bit. So so, right. so Wilkins yeah. is a no doubter. Yeah, he he screams NBA Jam. That's perfect. Uh, as far as the other guys, and that's kind of a weird history of the, the the Atlanta Hawks. Is like in my mind, I'm thinking about like, well, there's like Al Horford. I'm like eh, Al Horford though. You know, do you really want to play as Al Horford in NBA Jam? Like, not really. Uh, Joe yeah. Johnson's not a bad pick. Honestly, the, the the guy that kind of comes to my mind, which again, like I would, it, it seems wild that you would want to pick that guy, but like a Josh Smith type might be pretty fun. Right uh, to have an NBA jam, but like it, it feels weird to say Josh Smith is one of the two, you know, <laughs> all time duos of the Atlanta Hawks, given all that, that that you know franchise had for the years and years and years. I guess someone like a Mookie Blaylock might be interesting as well. Uh, maybe someone like a Doc Rivers, but yeah, there's nobody feels like a, a perfect number two uh, to the Hawks. No. Yeah, and like Lou Hudson or John Drew might be fun, but I, I feel like they overlap. You kind of want a different style player than Wilkins, so um, I, I think that's beneficial too to have two players who are kind of different from each other, even if it doesn't again matter that much in the dre in the gameplay. I, yeah, I thought about um, Dikembe Mutombo. You know, Tree Rollins, a good big man, can block shots and stuff, but again, shot blocking isn't really that important. Um, so yeah, I, I, Pete Maravich is definitely another one um, that I thought about, but I also was going to consider him for the Jazz. So <laughs> yeah, he uh, he might be. Uh, that's been one pick maybe to, to swap him out of the Jazz and into the Hawks might be a possibility as well because he seems like a lot of fun. But like you always kind of assume he played for the Hawks more than he did, and he really didn't play with that long. Well, he didn't play yeah. you know anywhere really all that all that long. But uh, he. He strikes me as like a guy that screams NBA Jam would be kind of a good compliment to Dominique Wilkins, but feels a little weird to kind of you know put him in the game over all these other players that that you know played for the, the Hawks for all those years. Uh, and right. had pretty good. So yeah, that is a tough one. The Hawks is is, is tricky. Yeah, well, so we'll we'll circle back around to that one. We'll we'll come back at the end and see if we can fit in a second Hawks. So obviously, as a Atlanta Hawks fan, very personal uh, for me to get the right choice. So um, next for the Celtics, we've got Larry Bird and possibly the best possible uh, NBA uh, Jam player, Antoine Walker. I love it. 
I love it, man. Yeah, because you don't want Paul Pierce, like, you know, head faking no. and pivoting in the mid range. Like, get out of no. here. And then, like, get, out of here. You know, <laughs> get the hell out of here. And, like, Bill I Russell, like you said, what Bill Russell does probably doesn't scream NBA jam either. Like, you don't need, like, hard, you know, defense and, and rebounding or whatever. Yeah. But, man, I mean, you need dunks. some threes. You yeah. need some dunks right. and you need some threes. And that's yes. why I got him for you. So, and, 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 you know, you get some power ups and you get some four point shots. Like, you're perfect. Right. Yeah. In, in reality, of course, into Walker, you know, there were no fours, but in NBA jam, there can be fours. So, <laughs> exactly. Walker, right. perfectly. Perfectly realized. So I love that pick. Yeah, I love Anton Walker. That's a great pick. All right, for the Nets, we're going, of course, including ABA history. We're going to go with Julius Irving and Jason Kidd. Uh, I think there's plenty of Sixers that we can choose from, and I think the Nets need Irving more than the Sixers do. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, and and, and otherwise Nets like. I guess you could go Vince Carter, but I'm sure we're going to put him somewhere else. So you don't need him. And then, like, yeah, I don't know. You got, like, Keith Van Horn and, and you know, like, <laughs> Richard Jefferson. And, like, yeah, none of those guys really scream. So, no, I, I like the pick there for sure. Yes. So, for Hornets, I went with uh, another possibility of the greatest um, NBA Jam, possible NBA Jam player, Baron Davis and uh, Larry Johnson. Yeah, I love that. Oh, my God. I can't. I, like, if that was the duo right now, in the I, like, I, I, the second we're done with this game, I'm going to play as, as, as Baron Davis and uh, Larry Johnson. That's a perfect combo for, for NBA Jam. Like, so you get like kind of the fun of Muggsy Bogues, the smallness compared to like the, the, the you know the, the big man or whatever. But you get Baron Davis, who all around was like a better player than Muggsy Bogues, could dunk, could shoot threes, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Baron is a perfect sure. pick for the Hornets. I yeah. love it. Yeah, and I thought about Kemba Walker, but really, I like I just get, Baron Davis is more fun. But you know, if for some reason you wanted to narrow, you know, the the Hornets history down to say. You know, somewhere between like, you know, 2005, you know, 2014. And, you know, just like pretend they're not called the Hornets. Pretend they have like some sort of ridiculous name. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know, like Bobcats, maybe, you know, yeah, like I, a Wildcats I, or something. Like, yeah, some lame yeah. generic ass name. Yeah. Yeah. No one would ever name their team that obviously. But let's just say let's limit to those years for whatever reason we want to do. You know, like Kemba Walker, Gerald Wallace. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good NBA NBA jam duo as well. You know, if you wanted to kind of limit it to those years, the beginning parts of Kemba's career, and then of course, you know, Wallace pretty much his um, entire career in Charlotte. I think that would work. You know, that, that would be fine with me. Yeah, for sure. All right, all right, fair enough. Uh, for the Bulls, so we're going to assume no Michael Jordan. He's going to steal. He's going to have his rights and uh, take them away. Um, so I went with Scottie Pippen and Artis Gilmore. You I know, like uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Art, the, the artist thing is cool because, like, yeah, obviously his, his Bulls tenure maybe not like the most sexy tenure ever, but like, yeah, you got the fro, you got the sideburns, yeah. you got like, and he, he's a good yeah. complimentary like jam player too. He feels of like what NBA Jam would sort of be, and 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 yeah, it's like it's a better pick than like a Chet Walker or whatever. I mean, that's like you know, it's boring. Yeah, nothing wrong with Chet Walker, but no, yeah, I love right. Chet Walker, but yeah, and then like the other guys you're talking about, like you're not gonna add Kirk Heinrich to that game. You're not a maniac like you wouldn't do no. that. Like right. not adding Tom Borwinkle or you know Tony no. Kukoc or whatever any of those guys and and yeah like yeah. someone like a Joe Kim Noah might be kind of fun but maybe not I like, thought about again, him yeah, a guy that yeah right. he, he might not be a guy that like really and, and then like Derrick Rose is a guy who obviously probably fits a little bit better but I want to put Artis Gilmore in there I don't want to put Derrick Rose in there right so. you don't want to put Derrick Rose for other reasons so yeah so um, Ben Gordon might be fun too because that man loves yeah, to shoot so that's true but Ben like, Gordon wouldn't wouldn't have been bad yeah he, he wasn't good for very long but Ben Gordon would be an enjoyable play that, that's that's a not a bad dark horse I would say but I, I do love the yeah Artis Gilmore I'm, I'm, I'm pro Artis Gilmore for sure so that, that's a good pick Yes. Uh, the Cavs went with LeBron James, not surprisingly. Second player went with maybe slightly controversial, but Larry Nance, also Ooh. a really fun dunker. Also, you know, a, you know, bigger guy. You know, I think they're similar type players in terms of size and um, obviously LeBron much more skilled, but Larry Nance also very skilled. I, I think that would be a really incredibly fun team. There's a lot of 
Cavs, who I would say are relatively equal in terms of the team's history that you could throw in there, like a you know a Mark Price, a Brad Doherty, you know Kyrie Irving, maybe even Kevin Love um, that you could throw in there to be you know a good compliment. It would be different from James, but I think of the of all those players, I think Nance might be the most fun um, NBA Jam player. But why not Tyrone Hill? That's the real question. <laughs> why not Tyrone? No, that's that's not a bad take. Fair, fair I would. Point. I'd probably go with a Mark Price. I kind of like the Mark Price-LeBron James combo there. Okay. And that feels sure. very like representative of Cavs history as well, you know, kind of the Mark Price into LeBron. But I have no issues with Larry Nancy. That's a pretty good pick as well. And I think that'd be a, a, a fun fun duo. And, and let's be honest, you got LeBron James on the team, and he's like probably the ultimate you know, sort of hypothetical uh, NBA Jam player. So pretty much anybody you have with them is, is probably going to be okay. So, yeah, I like the Nance pick. I'd probably go with Mark Price, but uh, I can't hate on it too much. So. Okay. So maybe the most controversial that we're going to go with here for the Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki and Sam Perkins. Ooh, okay. Just going to have big guys just, uh, you know, shooting threes, getting rebounds. They're tall enough to dunk. You know, I I, I think it works. I think, uh, you know, like uh, Sam Perkins is another like made for NBA jam type player. You know, big men who can shoot, I feel like are are, are fun in uh, in the NBA jam sense. I, I think obviously historically, Rolando Blackman would have been a better player, but um, but you know honestly, Rolando Blackman's kind of a gap for me. Like I, I'm aware of obviously his importance in NBA history, but stylistically, I haven't seen him play a lot, and I do remember uh, Sam Perkins a lot more. So I'm gonna go with uh, Sam Perkins. No, you're absolutely right too. An NBA Jam did sort of like again they they were ahead of the curve like by <laughs> 20 years, guys. Like you should have went and looked at what NBA Jam was doing, but like absolutely like a, a big man that could shoot threes. That's a game changer in that game. You know, he, you're not gonna block him. He's going to be able to get blocks and rebounds and then shoot threes. Like it's it, it, it's perfect. The only other guy I would maybe say, but I, I'm assuming that you used him a little bit later in the game, would be Steve Nash and Dirk uh, for the Mavericks. Right. Would be pretty fun. But I feel like there's probably an opportunity to add Steve Nash to another team later in the game. So I see where you did there. And if that's the case, then then I, I agree with you. Maybe Jason Terry would be fun too. But you kind of want to represent two different eras as well. If you're trying to have a fun like hypothetical all time team, do you really want two guys that like were were like running mates in real life? Like I, I don't. I kind of want to have some fun stuff. So I'd maybe add like a Brad Davis typer in there. Or something like that but i i like the pick of perkins for sure right yeah i i, I agree with you and that's a hell of that. a team i'm thinking now in my head like how do you stop dirk and sam perkins just raining threes yeah. block i mean yeah right. that's perfect yeah right? that's fun fun times yeah they're not, they're not gonna defend anything but you know that again that's fine matter. yeah it's a major yeah. you're good just score more. right exactly yeah so uh the nuggets this is a really tough one actually but i went with david thompson and nikola Jokic. interesting what do you think I yeah. like it. Yeah, Jokic is a weird one. I, I, I think people are going to be upset about the no Carmelo Anthony, but I get it. I, I get the justification there. I, I, I like it because you got you know Thompson more of the high flyer, Jokic a little bit more of the, the muscle, the power, but can still you know yeah. shoot it from the long passing range too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know, right. I know right. passing doesn't super matter in NBA Jam, but but you know theoretically, I just, you know again you're only only the one of the guys, so the passing I guess doesn't really matter. But I yeah I, I definitely thought Carmelo and I and I'm fine with including Carmelo, but I feel like Thompson and Carmelo like even though you know Carmelo is obviously uh, you know bigger played forward, Thompson more of a guard. Um, I just feel like they overlap a little bit too much, and I think Jokic brings something different. You know, the other guys I thought about, Dan Issel, you know, obviously one of the mm-hmm. great scoring big men of all time. Alex English, you know, the the biggest scorer in franchise history. Um, there's also someone like Fat Lever, uh, even Bobby Jones, you know, who it was incredible. Even Dikembe Mutombo, you know, we said kind of a boring NBA player, but um, definitely a guy, you know, who would be um, fun to be in there. Yeah, the Nuggets have a lot of, like, really fun, interesting players to be in there, and they don't have – 
the same sort of definite like okay oh my god this guy has to be the franchise guy on here i mean it, you know is so in english or close to that but um you know i i didn't feel absolutely you know had to be there versus David Thompson, who had the greater peak, but obviously didn't have longevity with the team. So, uh, tough, tough decision there for sure. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it though. It's it's, it's a bold pick, and I I, uh, I support it 100. percent All so. right, I I appreciate it. Uh, next for the Pistons, Grant Hill and Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, I, I I like it. I feel like you probably want to get Isaiah in there, but but I get why you would maybe not. You know, I I get the, the Grant Hill right. sheet. I mean, that's a good balanced team. Uh, nice height, good at shooting, good at rebounding, good at but like it does feel a little bit better. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm sure people are gonna are, are gonna want some Isaiah in there, but um, I, I I like it a lot. Maybe I, a Chauncey Billups would would be an interesting pick uh, as well. Right. I like I like the Hill Rashid. That's a good combo. Yeah, I mean they the Pistons have a lot of interesting guys to choose from. I mean, Liberia's kind of a fun NBA jam character as we talked about earlier. You know, even Bob Lanier, um, you know, great big man would be fun. Dumars, I not really the most interesting NBA Jam character, but it would be good. And yeah, Thomas would be a lot of fun, but I kind of feel like Hill does a lot of the small guy stuff that Thomas does and also does, you know, bigger forward guy type stuff. So that was kind of my justification there. I definitely could think he could bring Isaiah in there. And given the importance in team history, I definitely think was good. I think Rashid's almost a perfect NBA Jam player. So um, I think that one was, even though he's less significant in, in Pistons history than some of those other guys, obviously very important for those uh, 2000s teams. I feel like he's a guy, another guy, honestly, who I think would be a great NBA GM player is Andre Drummond. Um, like he can do a, a, a little bit of guard stuff here and there. Like once in a while, you'll see a highlight and he'll, you know, he'll just, he'll do some nifty dribbling and be like, oh yeah, he's actually like really skilled in that, even though he typically does more just, you know, kind of, um, you know, rebounding big man uh, type stuff. Uh, but he can dunk, you know, he's, he's kind of a, I think a more fun video game player than he is a fun player in real life. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I, I, I like the choice. It's it's bold, but I, I appreciate it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Warriors, Steph Curry, Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Isn't that it? Like, that's right. it right there. Yeah. I, I don't know right. arguments. It's it's obvious that that's that, that duo. That's perfect. Yeah, Rick Barry's fun too, but uh, as a player, you know, um, I, I think those are good. Uh, the Rockets, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, James Harden. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I mean, Harden is, is is probably a pretty good NBA Jam player as well with the, with the threes and able to drive the lane or whatever. And Hakeem is, is a guy that that controlled the, the boards as well and and you know decent at blocking, decent at rebounding, decent at, at at dunking. So I like it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's cases to be made for a few other guys. I, I would say you know Trace McGrady, uh, depending on if you weren't going to use him in the Magic, is a possibility, but he he might work there. Um, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, I think Harden Hakeem is probably a good pick. Yeah, I mean Yao Ming is is would be just kind of interesting just to have in there. Even though I don't know if he's the best NBA Jam player, but he, he's just kind of a you know a, a fun guy to include. Um, Moses Malone, I, I think, would be you know young Moses Malone would be fun. Maybe even Elvin Hayes, but yeah, I, I do think obviously this is I you know these are definitely two I think who fit the game, and then the two best players in franchise history I think at this point clearly. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, next for the Pacers, uh, Reggie Miller and Darnell Hillman. That is a poll right there, Darnell Hillman. All right, so Reggie, I got no issue yeah. with. What was what your justification for Darnell? Uh, well, Hillman? Darnell Hillman, you know, great dunker. Um, you know, represents the the '70s team um, in a way. I think stylistically is more suited to NBA Jam than some of the you know the great players from that team, like a like Roger Brown. I think might be, but he overlaps. I think a little bit bit with Reggie Miller. You know, you kind of want a bigger guy. Um, Mel Daniels, I think of as more of a, you know, he's a great big man, but more of a ground bound big man and not, you know, not super athletic. Obviously I haven't seen a lot of, um, 
uh, Mildenio's footage because there isn't really very much. But um, I, that that was kind of my justification. They're also great afro, and you know, uh, brings that to the uh, to the game. So. That was my justification. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, you know, the Pacers, it's an interesting history in that, like, I don't know that many of the players are, like, dynamic, like, over-the-top, like, NBA Jam-esque players. You know, I mentioned, like, a guy like a Roger Brown or whatever is, is, is a very good player, like, a you know, franchise legend. But, like, I don't know, does he really represent, like, you know, what you'd want? Like, Rick Smiths is a guy, too. Like, he was there a while and is, is good. But, like, yeah, and Danny Granger, you know, obviously, like, a, uh, like a, a Hallmark Piston, but not exactly very good. And then, like, Paul George, who you can add in there as well. I mean, he was there for, for quite a while. Jermaine O'Neal, another guy as well. But none of those guys really jump off the page. So, yeah, the Darnell Hillman, I, I like it. It's a nice, fun uh, pick there. And it also, like you said, it kind of goes back to the 70s era, which you, you try to represent a little bit, too. So, so I'm cool with it. Cool. Next for the Clippers, we have Bob McAdoo and... Second choice, I is, I think, is kind of tough. Um, but I think for now, I'm going to put Chris Paul in there. But g- consider that we may need him later for the New Orleans franchise. Right, right. And if that's the case, I think we can easily slide in someone like a, a Blake Griffin, maybe uh, in into that role or, or whatnot. I'd probably be fine with that uh, if we were able to do like a Bob McAdoo Blake Griffin. It's not ideal, but it's it's also Clippers history, so there's not a lot to choose from, unfortunately. So. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I, Blake Griffin. Now Griffin McAdoo is the the, the combination there is isn't the most. I mean, they're great players, but I, I don't. Know, I guess Griffin can do enough ball handling stuff that you could make that work. But I I have some other ideas that we'll we'll, we'll get we'll get to that point when we get there. But because um, there's, there's a one very important player who we absolutely need to include in this game who doesn't have a natural home. So we got we, we got to find one mm-hmm. for him, but we'll we'll get there. So uh, next for Lakers, assuming no Shaquille O'Neal, um, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant. Right. That's that's as easy to pick as there's going to be for sure. OK, uh, for the Grizzlies, um, I went sort of against importance in team history and went with fun, although he is very important in team history and went with kind of fun NBA jam type player. Zach Randolph and Mike Conley. Zach Randolph going over both Paul Pow and Mark Gasol. Uh, I guess the Gasol brothers themselves, that, that would be kind of um, noteworthy as well to include the two of them. I could see arguments for that, but I'm going to go with Randolph and Conley. Yeah, it's um, Grizzlies are kind of tough. I mean, you know, you, who do you, Sharif Abdul-Rahim and Paul Gasol. Like, there's not necessarily yeah. like the, the greatest lineage of like super, super exciting players. So so I like yeah. that. I think like in, in, in five years time, we'll talk about like, you know, adding John Morant to that list or whatever. Uh, but right. right now, Zach Randolph and Mike Conley, I like that combo. That, that works for me for sure. Yeah, yeah. Conley, or, Conley and Mark Gasol, Conley and Randolph, I think, are the two best choices there. Uh, for the Heat, uh, Dwayne Wade and Alonzo Mourning. Of course, I like LeBron it. James has to go with the Cavs. So yeah, yes, I like it so. a lot. The, the Wade Mourning that that's like a definite combo. That if you were playing the game and selecting, like that's who you want. That balance thing of the the the, the you know the, the shorter guy, the guard versus like the big man. That's yeah, perfect. I, I like that combo a lot. And then for the Bucks, Giannis and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's going to be a problem, man. I yeah. I am into that team and that I love. Yeah, that's that's perfect. That's length. That's dunking. That's yeah. You're not shooting any threes, but man, they're going to dunk it down your throat. Every single time down the court. So I like that one a lot. So for the Timberwolves, Kevin Garnett. And then for a second one was kind of tough choice. There are not a lot of great guards uh, for them, but I figure Garnett can do most of the guard stuff. And then for the second player, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, and it, it's the same deal. Like we talk about some of these other franchises that have been around for for all that long. Is like you, you're kind of you're a little limited in terms of the guys you're going to add there. Like you know, Christian Leitner is not really a sexy pick. You probably don't want to add him in there. Um, yeah, Terrell yeah. Brandon wasn't there that long. I mean, yeah, he's a good guard, like, but Ricky yeah. Rubio. It's like I don't know. I thought about him. He might be a fun NBA jam. He'd be player, fun, but, but um, I, I like who you picked here. I think Carl Anthony Towns and, and Garnett are a fun duo, and and really represent like the two kind of charter. 
guys on the franchise, guys with uh, tremendous skills that will probably just be disappointed <laughs> in their career because of the franchise they play for. So um, we'll have, probably yeah. have to leave until they can finally uh, <laughs> you know, achieve greatness uh, in their career. So it, it works. It definitely works. Yes, and notably, uh, Sam Cassell does not fit the 200 game rule, so he cannot. Uh, he, he was not able eligible for consideration here. So uh, next, we have New Orleans franchise. We have uh, so I, I think Anthony Davis is a definite, despite the bad feelings that are there right now with uh, the team. And then the second one, you know, it's hard not to go with Chris Paul because of his greatness. I mean, you could waive the 200 game rule and choose Zion Williamson, who has his of the state has not actually uh, played with the uh, franchise. Um, you know, with somebody, I don't know, there's David West, PJ Brown, maybe Drew Holiday. I mean, he definitely is an option that you could consider. He's been there a long time. He's kind of the, you know, the, the probably the most popular player in franchise history pre-Zion um, at this point. But I don't know. What what are your thoughts on on the matter? Yeah, it's tough. I I think just because we don't know what Zion's going to be. I, like, that's one where if we pick that, we, we press that game, and then, like, Zion, like, you know, has a, a multitude of NBA injuries over the crest of his career and never right. really kind of develops. People are going to be like, man, they chose Zion. Like, that was way too early right. for the choose Zion. Right. So I don't, I, I feel weird about doing that. But, like, there's, right. like, nobody that played more than 200 games for this franchise, so it's slim pickings. I, I like our idea a little bit earlier of, of moving Chris Paul away from the Clippers and moving him here. Okay. Uh, it's weird that, like, you know, it's not our fault, but it's going to be like, hey, the Pelicans, and it's Chris Paul, who, you know, really never played for the Pelicans, but that's the way they've chosen to do their history, so that's what it is. But, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's tough. If you want to stick to strictly Pelicans, like, who do you have? Like, you would have to pick Zion or, or Drew Holiday. It's like Drew Holiday. Right. And then yeah, Davis, and that's not fun. Like, that's kind of boring as well. So I like the idea. Right. I, I'm okay with moving Chris Paul away from the Clippers, giving the Clippers Blake Griffin or whoever, and, and Chris Paul okay. becoming uh, a representative here with uh, Anthony Davis. I think that's a pretty cool combo, too, so. Okay, well, let's circle back to the we'll, – we'll slot Chris Paul in here. I'll circle back to the Clippers at the end because I, I want to get through a couple of things before we um, absolutely uh, make the determination for the Clippers. So we'll circle back to the Clippers and the Hawks at the uh, at the very end here. Uh, the Knicks, uh, Walt Frazier, Patrick Ewing, I think that one's pretty pretty clear. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. That's that's good big man, small man thing. That, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's ideal, yeah. Uh, Maybe Earl Monroe over Frazier, but I mean, Frazier, I think, was more important to the team's history, even though even though Earl Monroe might be slightly better NBA Jam player. But, you know, it's 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 close. I think we're OK there uh, for the. So I've I set the Thunder and Sonic separately. Um, but if if we had to, but I, I think we can discuss them separately and then discuss them together. For, so for the Thunder, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant for the Sonics, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, keep the keep the classic duo. I, I, I think. Both of those seem fairly clear to me. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the Westbrook Durant. I mean, there's almost no other pick for the Thunder, of course. And then, yeah, Peyton right. Kemp is, is is the ideal, like, perfect Supersonics NBA Jam duo. So, yeah, 100% in agreement with both of those. So if you have to merge the Sonics Thunder history and you have to pick two players out of those four, who do you? Oh, pick? man. Um I probably do – I maybe do Gary Payton, Kevin Durant, but I feel bad leaving Sean Kemp out of there. But Kemp right. and Durant doesn't seem quite I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately sending Russell Westbrook off to the uh, pasture, even though he's a pretty good NBA Jam player, but we're talking about like the all-time greats here. Um, I'm probably he, doing Payton and Durant, but I could definitely make a justification for Durant and Kemp as well. See, I think I'm actually doing Kemp and Westbrook. I think I, – because I think Westbrook is going to be a fantastic NBA Jam player. Sure. And I think, Kemp, okay. I think Kemp is maybe the best NBA Jam player. Although, I, yeah, I think – you cannot go wrong with any combo here, I don't think. Um, you know, I, I think they're all pretty good. So um, I think I'm going Westbrook Kemp, but, but I can be talked into um, any of the other ones. So – uh, next, Orlando Magic. Um, again, assuming no Shaq. Uh, Tracy McGrady and Penny Hardaway. 
Yeah, I love that duo. Yeah, assuming no Shaq, of course. If you're if you're allowed to use Shaq, you'd probably maybe put him here. You'd put him on the Lakers or whatnot. But uh, without him, uh, McGrady and Hardaway, yeah, that, that's perfect. And I love that duo too. That's a pretty fun NBA Jam duo. Yeah, but both have both have number zero, so we gotta we have to deal with that. But we'll figure it out. So um, or number one rather, not number zero, correct? Number uh, one? Yes, yeah, number one for both of them. Yeah, that's we'll right. we'll, we'll make right. it work. Okay, the real Penny, NBA Jam didn't yeah. have numbers on it, so that's fine. <laughs> Our NBA yeah. Jam is not gonna have it either. So and that never occurred to me. Penny number one, like the you know like number one. Oh my god, you're right. I was sitting yeah. years old when I realized that. Holy yeah. shit! Holy huh. shit! Wow, unbelievable. There, there you go. Uh, next, we have uh, the Sixers went with Allen Iverson and Moses Malone. I like it. Really, I like it a lot. Yeah. Really hurt me not to put Bobby Jones on either the Sixers or the Nuggets. I really, really wanted to get Bobby Jones in here, but the uh, the over and back marketing team uh, convinced me to uh, go with uh, Iverson over Bobby Jones. And I, I think they were right. I, I understand. I understand the, the, the temptation there, but yeah, I think Iverson and Malone is 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 definitely the number one pick there. Yeah. Um, then the Suns went with Steve Nash and Charles Barkley. I, I kind of forgot about Charles Barkley's um, not non-inclusion in the later NBA Jam franchises, so I don't know if we want to make a uh, a Charles Barkley can't be in it rule. Um, it, 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 I, I don't know. I guess first of all, do you agree with my choices? And second of all, if we can't do Charles Barkley, then who would should be replace him for the? Yeah. So so yeah. Assuming we we, we you know I, I like to pick if if we allow Barkley uh, as part of it. If we can't allow Barkley. It becomes a little trickier because, like, I, I don't, you know, Amari Stoudemire would be one that I would think that'd be pretty good. But, right. like, I don't like doing, like, guys that were actually duos, you know, together in real life. So that one doesn't right. really, I, I don't know if I really love that one all that much. Maybe, like, a guy like a Connie Hawkins would be an interesting one to kind of throw Ooh, in there. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Um, I, I like that. That's, yeah. A little Steve Nash, Connie Hawkins yeah. just kind of gets some different eras in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That might be my pick because, yeah, Sean Marion is like, I don't know. I don't really want to add Sean Marion in there either. Um, I, I, yeah. I think Nash and Marion would make a really good NBA Jam duo. I agree, and and, and I'm right too. Obviously, they were both fun in real life. Um, you know, Alvin Adams kind of interesting one, but I, he did, wasn't like a you know dunker. wasn't really fun. Walter Davis is a good scorer, so he might be fun with Nash. I I, I think I like Connie Hawkins the best out of those. Yeah, actually. I think now, that I, sounds. I, yeah. I didn't consider him, but yeah, I think that's a that's a good choice. So we'll go with that. Um, Blazers. Uh, so I think Clyde Drexler definitely, and then I think we choose between Damian Lillard and Bill Walton. I put Lillard down here, but thinking more about it, I actually might pick Walton over Lillard. But or maybe I don't know. Do we consider Lillard and Walton and not Drexler? I think that's a really tough choice. Ooh, yeah, I, f- I feel like Drexler's got to be in there. Uh, I'm keeping Drexler in for sure. I would maybe okay. move Lillard out for Walton, but I, I kind of like the Damian Lillard. Uh, Clyde Drexler combo because it does feel because we talked about NBA Jam the original was like Terry Porter and Clyde Drexler so they, they always were a team right. that was kind of cool because they were you know both these kind of like combo guards that could do a bunch of stuff so I like the idea of Damian Lillard and Drexler you know kind of being the spiritual or Lillard being the spiritual successor of of the Terry Porter so so I'm down with that but yeah you could easily make a case for Bill Walton too okay all right next we have the Kings really interesting choice here i think um oscar robertson clearly the greatest player in overall kings royals franchise history you know no, no, not even really close but also <clears throat> i don't know if he's necessarily the most fun nba jam player but he does everything so well but his style was relatively boring um but it also feels weird not to include him and then secondly i went with Peja Stojakovic, but you could talk me into a lot of other 
players or or combinations. Uh, what do you think, Rich? Yeah, I mean, you could talk about obviously Chris Weber, uh, who we have not mentioned yeah, yet. Right. Uh, you know, getting in there and finding his way there, but he doesn't he doesn't strike. I mean, he was actually a very good NBA Jam player because he could shoot right. some threes or whatnot. Oscar's a no doubter. Oscar's in there for sure. But I right. I, I kind of I like the Page pick though because Page is going to rain those threes with you. Good right. combination along with Oscar Robertson. So I'm okay with it. You could definitely make a justification for someone like a Chris Weber or even to a lesser extent like a Demarcus Cousins or whatever. But I, but I like the Page pick. I, I, you know, it's pretty good. And people, you know, you go and look at King's history and Page has got like he's like in that mix as like an all time great King uh, more right. so than even Weber or, or some of the other guys that he played with. So so I'm fine with that pick. Yeah, I mean they're they're a similar levels. I think. I mean Jerry Lucas is sort of an interesting uh, player. Uh, Tiny Archibald definitely, maybe stylistically, you might put him Oscar over him. Um, you know, someone like Mitch Richmond, um, who was in the game. Um, you know, even Vlade was kind of interesting stylistically. But yeah, I, 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 you know, I think there's some definitely some good choices um, there. Um, next for the Spurs. I went with George Gervin and David Robinson. I, I think David Robinson is a better and more fun NBA Jam player than Tim Duncan is. I would agree. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I find putting him in there. I also considered Manu Ginobili, who stylistically would be an awesome NBA Jam, jam player. But I think Gervin, um, I overall, I would put over Ginobili. But I, I think it's very close. Yeah, no, I would, I'm, I'm with you on there. I would, I would pick Gervin uh, over that. And, and it's hard. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to like leave out one of the best NBA players of all time from his own franchise. But like, we're talking. I mean, we're, we're trying to have some fun here, so we're trying to have a fun little duo. And yeah, if you're gonna do that, I, I, I think Robinson has to go in over Duncan. So it's hard to hard to justify on its face. But but I think you're I think you're on the right track there for sure. And and, and, and you know Duncan, despite being you know all time all time great, Robinson's not that far off from him. Right? David Robinson's no. a tremendous yeah. player as well. So right. it's not like exactly. we're adding a dud in there and, and, and taking out Tim Duncan. We're just you know adding a guy who wasn't quite like the top 15 player of all time but a guy who's definitely in in, in the mixes as, as you know a top 50 guy or top 100 guy in david robinson so yeah I'm, I'm fine with that yes so for the raptors went with kyle lowry and vince carter um perfect i like it another another one where i considered breaking the 200 game rule and maybe throwing um Kawhi leonard and vince carter because that actually sounds like a really fun nba jam duo but i went with lowry for the longevity and the franchise importance and and also a pretty fun nba jam player as well yeah that works as well i mean i guess you can maybe make the justification for like a chris bosh and vince carter uh combo there but but i like i like where you went with that i, I think that's a nice little duo nice little combo so yeah i i have no issues with that and yeah like i said maybe Kawhi would be pretty good to get in there but uh, i i like the lowry uh carter combo for sure so for the jazz another controversial uh, tough decision i mean <laughs> yeah this is this is you're off the rails here sir but uh, uh, okay obviously <laughs> i'm not on record for the record this is no not my pick so okay all right obviously malone and stockton would be the <laughs> <Yes>. essential picks <laughs> but but malone not really a fun nba jam player oh get um, out of stockton here. kind of fun but i went with pete maravich and andre karolinko andre karolinko a perfect nba jam player <laughs> You're not wrong. almost You're not wrong almost as good as antoine walker but um like I, I think Kirilenko is perfect NBA Jam player, and Maravich is great, almost a perfect NBA Jam player too. But again, I, when I did this, I wasn't really thinking about the Hawks needing him more. So maybe I would put him on the Hawks, and then I would, and, and probably pick Stockton. Um, rethinking this, that's probably what I would go it was Scott Stockton and Kirilenko, who actually. Yeah, they played together for a season. So, oh, that's right. I forgot they did <laughs> overlap yeah. a little bit there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's Stockton and Malone. You're just an absolute maniac here with this pick. <laughs> but uh, I do. I, I'm definitely in favor of moving Maravich over the Hawks, and and I love Andre Kirilenko. I think you have great justification there. If we had three man duos, I definitely have the third guy be Andre Kirilenko. But I mean, come on, it's Malone and Stockton. What are you doing? 
I, I, you know what? Honestly, I don't need to include. I don't need to include um, a lot of my team. I don't have to. It's not. Uh, you know, that's fair. I mean, and, I get it. Hey, you know what? You're, you're hey. strong in your thoughts. You're strong in your opinion. I, I respect it. Um, you're wrong, right. but I respect it. So that's fine. Yeah, respect how much I'm wrong. I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, and then last but not least, uh, well, one of the least, but not, not, but, but last, uh, the Wizards Bullets franchise, Gilbert Arenas, and I want Elvin Hayes as my second choice, uh, over, over Wes Unseld or over really, it was, he was kind of the, the other major consideration. John Wall also got some consideration there, but I think Arenas is definitely more fun than Wall in terms of video game play. And I think, Elvin Hayes, you know, more obviously more scoring than unsailed, blocks a lot of shots. Um, you know, you, you know, kind of, you know, he definitely wasn't afraid to shoot from long range. He didn't make it a lot from long range, but he definitely wasn't afraid to. <laughs> right. he, he was definitely a long shooting big man. So I think, um, I think that's the best combination that I can think of. I like it. Yeah. Did you, did you consider Eton Thomas at all or no? That was. <laughs> I did not <laughs> consider Eton okay. Thomas. No. That's fine. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I like I, the arenas. I, I like the arenas. Yeah. Combo for sure. Our, yeah. our early player who might be fun for the Bullets, Gus Johnson. Obviously, mm, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. dunker, big, you know, be kind of like a Sean Kemp type guy. You know, it's kind of the style that he played uh, in, in his career. Obviously, not much longevity with the uh, in the NBA, but I think he's another uh, good choice as well. Sure. No, I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I think there's, there's a few different ways you can go with the Wizards because no really emerges as like a no doubt pick uh, on the Wizards so there's a few different ways you can go but I, I think the way you did uh, is pretty good like unselled again you try to maybe try to find a way to get unselled in there but I think the way you did it you have you know dynamic player in, in, in Gilbert Arenas and then Elvin Hayes who you know charter member of that franchise a big part of that early franchise so I, I like the idea as well uh, of Elvin Hayes in there so I'm, I'm cool with that pick for sure yeah, and then you could also I uh, you could consider Oral Monroe over Gilbert Arenas, but I kind of wanted to pick different eras, so I think mm-hmm. um, I, I think having Arenas as more modern player is a good choice. Yeah, so. no, I like it. So that's it. That's uh, that's all we got. That was a fun little exercise. There, yeah, actually. I enjoyed uh, that. That's yeah, yeah. So but you're very wrong, Utah Jazz opinion. It still is uh, well, a fun little fine. exercise. <laughs> yeah, hey, fine. it's all right. You know what? I can I can accept being wrong. Oh, the Clippers. I forgot the Clippers. Okay. So <laughs> no one will blame you if you forgot the Clippers. <laughs> yes. So we have Bob McAdoo. So I, I'm going to hear this. This may be a hot take or you may love it. I'm not okay, sure. Let's go. But let's see. the the second player that I would like to choose for the Hawks in place of Chris Ball, Jamal Crawford. Oh, you're moving Jamal Crawford and Bob McAdoo to represent the Clippers. Yes. Uh, let's McAdoo, see. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, right. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And there's right. you gotta get gotta get Jamal Crawford in the game somehow. It's our game. We're creating this right. game. You know, right. our hypothetical game. I feel he like Jamal Crawford the most has to be in there. In his career, so yeah, yeah, yeah the Clippers. Yeah, that's his that's his prime franchise. So he played the most, I believe, in his career with the Clippers. So that works. That tracks. I like it. You know, I mean, I'm down. I can't hate it. You know, there's there's All gonna right. be some people that might not appreciate it, but fuck those people. It's us. It's what right. We want, exactly. So. Exactly. Yes. So all right. So we did it. We uh, we accomplished it. Hopefully, uh, so video game maker make this game so that you know we can uh, feel good about ourselves. Uh, also, something that help us feel good about ourselves if you left a positive rating and review on iTunes and um, or any other podcast uh, venue that you listen to podcasts. We are on most or all of those places. If we're not on those places, let us know. Uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter at Over and Back. You can find us at fansided slash NBA at the step back where we uh, where there's a lot of uh, excellent writing about what's going on in the NBA season. You should definitely check that out. Rich's uh, NBA Jam review will uh, likely be on there soon as well. So 
Uh, anything else I forget, Rich? Uh, not really. We said uh, the one thing, uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the description as well for the NBA Jam book. You can just search it up as well if you want NBA Jam book, uh, Bariana Ali, uh, but also bit.ly uh, slash OB Jam, uh, OB dash Jam, I should say, if you want to do a, get a quick link there uh, to buy the book. But like I said, we'll, we'll drop a link in the description or you can just search for it. Uh, only ebook format right now, but definitely uh, worth your time. And yeah, I think it costs like five ninety nine or something like that for, for an ebook. So yeah, you can't beat it. And 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 yeah, like I said, the review will be up pretty soon. Uh, hopefully, maybe in a video review as well as I can you know record some game footage of myself playing uh, some NBA Jam as, as I talk about uh, the, the game uh, the, the book as well. But uh, yeah, really really recommended and, and a big reason why we decided to do this episode. And it was a lot of fun. So so I enjoyed this uh, a lot, and I hope you did as well. So all right, everyone, uh, take care, and we'll see you again next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.